Good evening, everybody. Testimony Tuesday. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. February 25th, 1976, I came kicking and screaming into this world. I was privileged to be born into a one-God apostolic home. My mother is a multi-generational, oneness apostolic. She was raised around it. My great-grandmother had a great-uncle that was a pastor. Quite a few in my family on that side. My father, my father was raised Baptist, and uh, in fact, I had a couple of aunts that tried to keep him from marrying my mother because they told him, said, you marry her, you're going to become one of them holy rollers, but he married her anyway, and then in 1975, he received the Holy Ghost, and uh, that's where it all began at for me. My parents were attending Abundant Life Temple in Glabewater, Texas at the time. pastor was Mike Chance. Uh, he was there for a number of years. Then after him was Brother Michael McGuire. I was raised up in this truth. This truth is all I've ever known. I've been blessed to be in it. I grew up around the church. Our lives were centered around the church. Wednesday night, Bible study service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, prayer meetings, Friday night, youth rallies. It's all I knew. You know, some people would think, you know, they, they, they see what goes on in a Pentecostal service with the aisle running and the shouting and everything else. It was normal for me. It was just another service. My earliest memories revolve around my mother and father's prayer life, around their life outside of the church. They lived for God. They lived by example. My, some of my earliest memories, I remember my father every night praying in the living room, praying for his family. There were times when I couldn't sleep that I would, I would get up and I would slip into the living room and sit down in the floor in the corner behind his, his recliner and as he prayed, I would fall asleep there. The, the, the uneasiness would be settled as I listened to my father pray. In 1998, or 1988, excuse me, we had revival with Brother Marty Gibson. At the age of 12, I received the Holy Ghost, and I was baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And it started a whole new whole new direction for my life. I was around the same time that I began playing the drums. God, uh, God has given me a talent musically. He's given me a gift. I can pick almost anything up and play it. But it's only through God's gifts and talents. And I've always made it part of my life. I, I've never used that talent outside of the church. I've had opportunities to go and play and so on and so forth, but it's always been given back to God. In 1990, my parents had been holding 
prayer meetings at home. There were several several families that were attending prayer meetings on, in the living room there at the house, and things that they were praying for, within a week or two, they were seeing prayers answered. God was moving in a mighty way, and it's at that time that God began to be, began to deal with my father, and he told him, he said, I'm going to give you a new love for a new work. And so in 1990, we left Glaywater and went to Gilmer to Life Tabernacle. Brother D.B. Kitchell had just become the pastor there. And it's at the dawning there of my teenage years, I was 14 years old, that, yeah, I was used in music ministry. I always knew I'd be involved in it. But that's when I began to see the importance of doctrine. It's when I began to see the importance of the truth, of the word, of godly character. That's when those things would begin to be put into me. Throughout all my teenage years, I've, I've said it over this, over this pulpit before, as a young person in that church, I was expected, we were all expected to be on the first or second pew. On Wednesday nights, it was Bible study. We better have a Bible a notepad, a pen, and a highlighter. We better be taking notes. We better be underlining, highlighting Scripture, learning book, chapter, verse. If we were to quote a Scripture, we had to have the book, chapter, verse. It was driven into us. We were taught about the pearl of great price. It was our character because once you lose your character, it's hard to get it back. Godly character was built into us. The Word was built into us, if you will. The way it was taught is we can come and we can dance and we can shout. We can run the aisles. We can get the feeling going up and down our back. We can get the feel-good spirit, so to speak. But does that save you? It's the Word of God that saves you. What would happen when they come and they change the, chain the doors up where you can't come and you can't gather together and worship? How do you know you're saved then? You've got to know the Word. You've got to be living the Word. At the age of 22, I got married. Within a few years, my children, Ryan, Connor, and Carly, were all, were all born. They were basically within two years of each other. And for quite a few years, everything was great. I began to feel God's call upon my life. He was calling me deeper into ministry. But unfortunately, that was that part of my life. I also had to play the part of Hosea. Multiple times, my spouse stepped away from the marriage covenant. And like Hosea did with Gomer, I had to go get her and bring her back. And I did it for the sake of my marriage, the sake of my children. It was through these things, through these years, through these situations that I began to see how God truly loves us. I learned true love. I learned forgiveness. I learned how to move on after you had been hurt. I learned, in essence, how to forgive and forget. Though one would say you truly don't forget, you learn how to put it in a place. You file it away. You have to look at it in the sense when God forgives us of our sin, he throws our sin into the, into the sea of forgetfulness. It's covered by the blood. The Bible says he will remember it no more. I learned how to forgive. 
through all these years, all these times, I won't go into a whole lot of detail on it, but it's through those years I found a crack in my foundation. My spouse would step away and I would, I would, I would bring her back. But in 2017, one time was one time too many. I had made up on my mind I was fixing to leave. Uh, one of my best friends lives in Richmond, Virginia. I was headed that way. I wasn't planning on coming back. As I was packing my things up to walk out the door, God spoke to me. And he told me, he said, if you walk away now, if you leave, you will destroy your children. So therefore, I told God, I said, all right, one more time, God, one more time. Outside of my spouse and myself, we were the, the only two other people knew what was going on in my life at that time. For the next year and a half, we tried to make things work. But trust had been broken. It was during these years that I began to battle pornography. It tried to take a hold of me. I began to battle depression. You would wonder if someone who's been raised in this truth, who's known the power of God, who's felt the power of God, how things like this would settle into a mind, but it does. If we're not careful, if we're not alert, if we don't truly stand on guard, that's how the enemy of our souls works against us. It's a little bit at a time. He doesn't come in full force. The enemy knew that alcohol and drugs and all this other kind of stuff wouldn't get me. It was the little bitty things. And the little things grew. They blossomed, if you will. I reached a point in my depression that I would sit in the room and I would contemplate things while I was staring at a 12-gauge shotgun in the corner. And all the time, I kept it hid. No one ever knew what I was going through. My church, no one. I, I, I would get up. I would preach faith. I would teach faith. Yet I didn't have any. It's kind of like Jesus said, I was a sepulcher, a white sepulcher, but I was full of dead men's bones. After the separation, well, let me let me let me back up a little bit. During this time period, I told I told my spouse at the time. I said, "If you ever, if you ever step out on me again, I said God will let me know. God will deal with me. The truth will come out." I began feeling that little thing in the pit of my my stomach, my heart. I knew things were going on behind my back. And finally, it came out. I told my spouse at the time, I said, I, I told you. I said, if you ever do it again, it's over. 
I won't, I won't go through this again. My heart's been broken too many times. And we separated. And as I sat there and I, uh, I beat on, I beat on the counter. I, 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 God, God, why, why is this happening to me? What am I going through? Why am I going through these things? God spoke to me and it reminded me of a prayer that I had prayed a couple of years earlier. I told God, when he told me it would destroy my children if I left, I told him, God, one more time. But if she is not going to be faithful to me and to you, if she's not going to live right, if she's not going to live godly, then you remove her from my life. And that's what God did. And the funny thing is, after God reminded me of that prayer, the next morning I, I woke up in the depression. Depression I had suffered with for several years. It was gone. It had been lifted from me. The weight, my body felt better. My, I had no aches and pains. I got up, I felt like I was 10 years younger. That's what the power of God will do for you. Some time had passed. I thought, well, God, you'll, you'll work on me. You'll whatever. Eventually, you know, you'll lead me. I'm just going to be faithful. And uh, somebody that I was friends with on Facebook made a post about a comedian that, uh, that I liked. So I made a comment on, on they shared it on their story deal, so I made a comment on it. And I didn't realize this, that all the comments go to your Facebook Messenger. You know, I'm, I, I was, I'm not a real tech-savvy type person. I didn't understand a lot of that stuff. I just got on there, and I'd like, and I'd comment, and I'd share something funny or something political at the time. And uh, so we wound up talking through Messenger. Wasn't long we'd exchanged phone numbers and we started talking, texting. And then we started talking on the phone. Then we decided that we would meet face to face. So we uh, we met in Waco, Texas, for the first time. Spent a Saturday together. And the next thing we know, it's gr- our relationship is growing and growing and growing. And as it grew. We told God, we want you to be the center. Our lives are built upon you and around you. You are the center of our lives, the center of our relationship. And then August 28th last year, right down here in front, me and my wife were married. We had looked outside of Austin. You can ask my wife. You can ask Sister Tracy. I, I, I'm a I'm a backwoods East Texas country boy. I did not want to come to Austin, Texas. Everything I hear about Austin, Texas was just I was like, man, that's California. I don't like California. I don't like their their attitudes. I don't like their politics. I don't like. I don't want to have nothing to do with none of that. And I don't want to have nothing to do with the city because I like being out in the country. We had actually made a bid on a home. In Gilmer, it was 
almost perfect. Two miles from the church, two miles from the grocery store, from the Walmart, everything we needed right there. The stipulations that were put on it, my wife had to have a job in that area. Coming from Austin, making the money she makes, she would have to take a big pay cut, big pay cut. The crazy thing is she got a job at the last minute. She had to have a job by 5 o'clock on a Monday afternoon, 4.30. They called her and gave her the job. We said, wow, God's in it. Here we go. God's moving. We prayed that night. Me and my wife, we would pray. We still do together, but there's times when we would pray. We would, God would move. We'd have tongues and interpretation. We would get into the spirit. God spoke to us that night. He said, I have seen your hearts. I have heard your cries. I will use you. All right, everything looked like it was in place. In the church that I come out of, I was, I was a minister. I was a, I was a teacher in the youth class. I, I took care of the breakfast in the morning. I was a musician on the platform. My father is a board member and an usher. My mother's the church, sec, uh, church treasurer. My mom and my dad were over the Sunday school. My family was intertwined in the running of the church. I was used. I was depended on heavily. I said, all right, here we go. The next morning, the door closed. Circumstances, situations, stuff I won't go into. The door closed in our face. And I told my my soon-to-be wife, I said, all right, there's the answer to our prayer. We know where God is taking us now. I'm coming to Austin. And here we are. Here at Austin First Church, where God has placed us. Revelation 12 and 11. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony. My testimony is God is forever faithful, God is sure. God always has a plan. If we will but submit to him, submit to the authority he puts in our lives, he will use each and every one of us. He has a purpose for every person that is in this church. He will use us for his kingdom. But that's what we got to put first is his kingdom. Amen.